This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by Kerry Nelson, Dr. Kerry Nelson. Dr. Nelson is the system vice president and in charge of chief medical officer in charge of population health and healthcare outcomes for Advocate Aurora. She'll correct me on the exact title. Uh, we're going to talk to Dr. Nelson today about population health, what's working, what's not working, some of the big trends she sees. Advocate Aurora, of course, is one of the great health systems in the country with, with big, big hubs in Wisconsin and in Illinois and growing and expanding. Dr. Nelson, can you take a moment and introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, I'm a family physician by training, and I've been with uh, Advocate Aurora, legacy advocate, came into the advocate side about eight years ago and started with the population health side of the world and um, have, uh, as we have grown as an organization and started to see more of a cross-continuum focus, took on responsibility for health outcomes for the system, which incorporates quality, safety, and risk in addition to population health. Thank you. And take a moment and talk to us about population health is such an often talked about term. Take a moment and talk about what are a couple of the big trends in population health and what are you seeing? Yeah, I'm encouraged uh, with the progress that we're seeing in our population health efforts. Uh, the MSSP program results were just announced, and it's it's very exciting to be able to see that we're continuing to drive down the total cost of care. Um, we're getting smarter about how to understand the levers for that, including uh, refining our care management um, uh, our care management models in ways that really are demonstrating significant impact, managing, as I mentioned earlier, care across the continuum and understanding, you know, the post-acute side of, of care and what, a, what an important aspect that is to manage well. Um, so I'm very encouraged uh, with, the, with the level of sophistication that we're developing within population health. And talk about... In, in population health, the things you're doing for advice for others, what are two or three things that are working that you would suggest if another system is looking at population health, they ought to be doing these couple things? Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, as I said, uh, I'll, I'll double down a little bit on some of what I have already, already focused on. So in terms of care management, there's been a lot of debate over the years as to what value we get from a care management um, program. And as I, as I also said, we're getting more sophisticated with how to uh, make sure we get that value because care management is not an inexpensive investment and you wanna make sure you're using it appropriately and, and being able to actually measure the impact. And so we have a number of ways that we're doing that. We are using technology more so that has enabled us to um, what I call manage by exception. Uh, if a care manager is going to call a person randomly once a month or maybe more frequently, um, it, you may catch a, a, a patient at the right time to be able to have an impact on their care and their utilization, um, or you may not. And if you have uh, technology solutions that enable you to target those efforts more specifically, then uh, you can get lucky more often and uh, be able to impact care at a time when it's really impactful. Dr. Nelson, when you talk about a care management program, do you mean sort of a technology solution you're buying, or do you mean more just the overall method of handling care? When I talk about care management, I am talking about a 
a team of nurses, social workers, and community health workers that we use to manage our most complex patients. And they are very, they do a very complete assessment. It's a very hands-on approach. Um, it can be enabled and it has to be enabled by technology to be most effective, but it is at its core, a nursing social work intervention. And, and are those, is that care management team focused on everybody or do you stratify or tear out the patients that it's really focused on? So there's a greater focus on the more complex patients, the more costly patients and so forth. How does that, how do you go about that? Yeah, definitely. It needs to be focused on the most complex patients. It's a, it's a skill set that, uh, as I mentioned earlier, is not um, inexpensive. And so being able to stratify a patient population by layers of complexity, uh, I think this is kind of the bread and butter of care management. You can target those expensive resources, which are very time intensive to those folks that are uh, the most disease burdened or have the most barriers to getting their care on track. Um, I like to say everyone is a part of the care coordination efforts that every patient needs, but care management, a complex care management program is really focused on the most significantly burdened um, group of our patients. Thank you. And then in terms of technology solutions, are they technology solutions that you buy from outside parties or that you develop internally or some mix of both? Mm -hmm. It's been a mix of both for us. We are currently on the Epic uh, care management platform. We previously had, um, had built uh, a care management platform with another vendor and it served us extremely well for many years. And then as we moved on to Epic as an organization, we transitioned so that we were all on that single platform. There are also some tools within, uh, that we have used within Epic, but we've also partnered with other, vent other vendors that um, get us to a point where we can do more of the um, symptom monitoring uh, through text messaging and, and those kinds of technologies in a way that helps us to target our efforts more specifically. So yeah, there's definitely two approach, both approaches uh, that organizations have taken and we've, we've been a part of both uh, building our own and, um, and buying. And any thoughts on the building of your own? Is that just very hard to do on a proprietary basis? Something you wouldn't recommend or would recommend? Any thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, I, I do believe that the level of sophistication of the tools that are out there now has, has reached um, a point where uh, it's not so necessary to think about building your own. I, I know organizations continue to do that at times, but um, it's, it is very time intensive and it's a lot of mistakes that get made that you learn from. And it's better, I think, to learn from other people's mistakes at this point. When we first got into more value-based care with our first ACO arrangement in 2011 at Legacy Advocate, we had, um, we, you know, the tools that were out there were predominantly payer-based, uh, where payers were doing the care management or vendors were doing care management, and the tools didn't serve us well. So that's when we went and co-built co um, a program. But I think we're, we're in a better spot now. And, 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 and take a moment on... We've talked about what you're doing on population man management, the population health, and the amount of resources in care management and how important it is to stratify those, the idea of build or buy your technology solution. Talk for a moment about your career journey and how you ended up where you're at and so forth. Sure. Yeah, I, uh, I, I trained and went to med medical school here in the Chicago area and uh, really just thought I would uh, be a family physician in my community for 
um, you know, my full of my career. But then, um, and I started my practice in 1992 in um, the western suburbs, and then. In uh, the later 90s, uh, the Two Errors Human and Crossing the Quality Chasm report came out right around 2001, perhaps, and those reports had a huge impact on me. We had just started, I just started learning more about um, some of the quality and safety lapses uh, in our health system, and I think those, at that time, I started attending Institute for Healthcare Improvement meetings and really was bit by the bug of trying to be a part of, of resolving some of the gaps that were identified through those two major IOM reports. Started raising my hand a lot, showing up, um, which, you know, I, I'm really clear is, is half of it, <laughs> just showing up. And then I decided to do a master's program at the University of Wisconsin. At the time, it was called the Administrative Medicine and Population Health master's program uh, under David Kindig, who coined the term population health, and it was a little known. Nobody knew what population health was in 2002. And so I feel very fortunate to have uh, been able to study under him and um, received the training uh, from the University of Wisconsin-Madison that, that really kind of helped me um, spur my career more fully in the direction of leading on, on these important areas. I continued in my practice for a number of years. In fact, really just, I mean, in a much smaller capacity, obviously, and finally left practice about two years ago when we merged with a legacy of Aurora, uh, which is now Advocate Aurora, and we were um, one health system, and I, I had uh, responsibilities across that footprint. But it's been, it's been very gratifying to work uh, in this area and see the progress that's been made over these years. And, and, and politically, with the combination of Advocate and Aurora, one being a great Illinois system traditionally, one being a great Wisconsin uh, system traditionally, do you always have to make sure everybody knows that you went to the University of Wisconsin for your master's to maintain <laughs> political peace? You know, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> it doesn't hurt. We try not to go into any um, sports team uh, allegiances. You know, that's always a, a pretty risky area. <laughs> a very hot button issue, and the Wisconsinites traditionally yeah. had terms with Illinois people that are not that are not discussable. The um, another yeah. question for you, Dr. Nelson. You've had this great leadership career. You've moved from sort of being a physician. You found interest in sort of the bigger picture of everything. Moved into leadership over time. Any advice that you would have for emerging physicians, emerging leaders, young physicians trying to build careers? Any couple thoughts there that you would have for people? Yeah, a um, couple things probably. One, uh, you know, it's it's not a, there's not a magic formula necessarily to being able to step in positions of leadership. Much of it is raising your hand and showing up. I find physicians are more interested in these kinds of roles than they may have been in the past. Um, and really, developing your own leadership prowess is absolutely essential. It is not. Um, you know, it's not something that can't be learned. It absolutely can be learned. I'm case in point, um, uh, I believe. But uh, it's, it takes real effort and concentration, a lot of self-awareness, and receptivity to feedback. Um, those things are, are really critical. You can learn a lot. We're used to learning um, and, and incorporating new learning into our um, into our brains, but um, it goes beyond uh, what the content you have in your brain in terms of trying to be a good leader. It means being empathic, being a good listener. And many of the skills that I think 
come from being a good clinician, like I mentioned, just, you know, being a good listener and responding uh, accordingly are translatable to a leadership role. Um, but but they, they're sli- it's slightly different, and it requires a lot of thought and reflection. So I encourage people to really um, spend time learning not just about the facts of where we are in healthcare, but about um, how to be um, a competent leader. We've had so many physicians that have become great physician leaders, and at some point taken some time and often not time out, but time in addition to what they're doing to do what you did, a, a separate educational program, a master's program, something. Any thoughts on the value of that? Because that's clearly a big sacrifice away from family, away from work, away from other things, and a big commitment. Any thoughts on the value of doing so? Yeah, you know, I will say it almost killed me. I really, I, I met my limitations when I did that because I was a full-time I was full-time working and I also had three small children and, um, and the, uh, the master's program going at the same time. So yeah, I, I realized my limitations through that process. I've talked with other physicians um, moving through leadership roles and um, frankly, many times to talk them out of getting an advanced degree, not always, it really depends on the reasons for doing so and what, what that particular advanced degree might be. Um, but there's so much that can be learned through independent study, um, putting, you know, networks of mentors together, you know, your, your kitchen table, um, your kitchen table cabinet, um, those kinds of things can go a long way towards continuing to further your own development. And I've been fortunate to participate in some executive coaching, um, and, and taking that really seriously is a, is a huge graduate degree in and of itself, um, that it's not a requirement. I don't see it as a requirement to have a graduate degree. But, but you, you found it helpful, but it is a huge yeah. sacrifice. It's a fast thing, but, it but I love huge, your advice on it. Yeah. You, you could do it separately. For most of us, it takes so much energy and proactive effort to do it separately as opposed to in the structure of a program. So, so for many Great people, it's point. just hard to do because it really takes a very practical, systematic approach to do it without a program. But just I, I love your thoughts because I think they're right on. Dr. Nelson, mm-hmm. It, it is just a great pleasure to visit with you today. What a remarkable career, and what a great job Advocate Aurora has done in the merger and growth and, and strengthening the system. I mean, it's a great system on so many levels. We appreciate you taking the time to visit with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure.